Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Why is his name worthy? It's worthy not just because of what he does for us. It's worthy because of who he is. Who he is to us. What he's done in us. What what has he created in you that's causing you to look to his name as worthy this morning? You know, we've talked about the wonder of a star, the wonder of a name. We talked about his name last week. Today, we're singing worthy is his name. What is he worthy for in your life? You know, these aren't just words on a screen. These are lyrics. These are declarations of how we see our God, how we see his goodness. Worthy is his name. Amen. Worthy is his name. Worthy just because, just because of who he is. We haven't even gotten to what he's done yet. We're just saying he's worthy because of who he is, what his name represents. So, Father, we thank you this morning that you are worthy, that you are the Lord God Almighty, that you are working in front of us, around us, and behind us. God, you're going before us where there's uncertainty. You're going before us where there's danger. You're going before us where we're confused. Lord, we ask you today to stir within us a stronger sense of your name and who you are and what you represent. You know, the Bible says, Jesus actually said, that if we build on his words, if we build our life on his words, our life is going to be on a firm foundation. Like a rock that can't be moved. It says, when the storms came and the winds blew and the waves crashed against the house that was built on the rock, the house stood. He said, that's a wise person who does that. But he said, the foolish person, this is Jesus speaking, the foolish person hears the words, does not do them, and then, as a result, when the storms of life come, when the winds come and the waves crash against the house, it literally says it comes down with a great crash. So he's giving us this choice. And he's giving us vision to be able to see that his name is worthy to build upon, to build a firm foundation on. That we can trust whatever we're working through in our life, working towards, we can build on the promises of God. Come on, no promise of man, no promise of any person is greater than the promises of God. There's no one who can take me further. God opens doors that no man can shut. Right? He heals. He delivers. He's the firm foundation that we stand on. We're going to sing about that this morning. And I pray that whatever you are walking through in this season, and be honest with yourself, whatever you're walking through in this season, you would ask yourself, am I on the rock? Is my marriage on the rock? Is my family built on the rock? Is my vision for the future built on the rock? Yes. 
Because remember, Jesus contrasts. He says, there's those who hear and do, but the foolish one hears and doesn't do. It's almost he's like he's saying, hey, the golden ticket is over here. Build on something solid that's going to last. Build on something solid because the storm is coming and you don't want the storm to knock down the thing that God has ordained. So build right. Amen. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. He's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's everlasting. He's a father. He's a mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. We've talked about the wonder of a star. We've talked about the wonder of a name, of his name. And now today we're talking about the wonder of his peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. It's not just the name. It's who he is. Every day when we get up, we go out into the world where there, where there is a significant lack of peace. We experience a lack of peace sometimes in our own circumstances, in our own uncertainty, in our own frustrations, in our own question marks that we have about what's happening in life, what's happening in this world. But what's interesting is Jesus came to earth in the form of a baby. We're celebrating a baby born in a manger in this season, and we see that picture of him everywhere. We see nativity scenes. And it's good to remember, and it's good for us to be reminded, that God did not send what others would choose as a king or a leader. He chose a baby born in a manger, and he chose to reflect that, and he chose to acknowledge that. He didn't wait till he grew and then say, okay, now we need to recognize him. In fact, the Bible says through prophecies that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. So after that period of silence in the Old Testament, and after Israel in their rebellion over and over again, generation after generation, and God showing his forgiveness, pointing to the promise of a Messiah, Jesus is born. And he's born as the Prince of Peace. The one that we lean upon, the one that we trust, the one that we hope in. And when we think of peace, often when we think of peace, we think of peace as a feeling. We think of peace as a circumstance. We think of, peeling, of, of a feeling being something that is working around us to give us a sense of calm. But when Jesus came, he showed us that peace is not a feeling. It's a person. And he is crowned King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. Names mean something. His name means something. So when we think of him as the Prince of Peace, it's not just it's not just the name. It's not just something that we see on a banner or on a card or even in the scriptures. See, often we think of peace as watching the sunrise or listening to the ocean or stepping on the scale after the holidays and realizing you did not gain as much weight as you thought you did and that sense of peace where you're like, oh, okay, I can deal with that. I'm not going to do anything about it, but I can deal with that. 
We think of peace as, as circumstances and, and feelings. And this prophecy that's foretold in the book of Isaiah about Jesus, that he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It's foretold that a child would be born, but a son would be given and that he would be the prince of peace. And I want to focus on that name this morning because God the father saw in his sovereignty that his son would be the prince of peace. That our peace wouldn't be in a political candidate. It wouldn't be in a political party. It wouldn't even be in a particular country. It would go beyond borders. It would extend beyond local, beyond neighborhood, beyond local, beyond regional, beyond national. Internationally, globally, peace would be the answer for everyone and everything. That was God's heart when he sent Jesus. That peace would come to the nations through Jesus, born in a manger. So do we see Jesus that way this morning? Do we see him as that, that gift in the chaos? That gift in our circumstances, that, that gift in the uncertainty, that, that gift that is alive, that we're celebrating today as a baby born in a manger, is the answer for all mankind. See, our well-scripted plans for, for peace and for resolve, our strategies, the strategies of the nations, the strategies of leaders, of kingdoms, of people who serve other gods, of people who are caught up in anger toward one another, family members torn apart, marriages torn apart. Everybody's looking for peace to be a feeling. Jesus says, I am peace. I am peace. C.S. Lewis has a, an incredible, incredible quote about, about peace and understanding peace in this way. He says, we're always falling in love or quarreling. We're looking for jobs or fearing to lose them. We're getting ill or we're recovering. We're following public affairs. If we let ourselves, we shall always be waiting for some distraction or other to end before we can really get down to our work. The only people who achieve much are those who want knowledge so badly that they seek it while the conditions are still unfavorable. Favorable conditions never come. What's he saying? He's saying perfection, perfect times, perfect peace, perfect situations, favorable situations where we're like, where we're like this is what I've been waiting for. This is everything I need right here. Everything's perfect. All ducks in a row. Every situation taken care of. All uncertainties taken care of. All bills paid. All family issues resolved. All internal issues resolved. All emotional, mental, spiritual challenges we're facing. All of that's good. Favorable conditions. That would be favorable. Amen? He said that doesn't come. Instead, we have to have a desire in us that's so strong that we look for peace and pursue the knowledge of peace so powerfully, so passionately that it's not dependent on circumstances. That means when the waves come, when hell breaks loose, when you go through the valley, peace is present because you weren't looking for it in something else or someone else. You found it in Jesus. Saying the anchor is the Son of God. It's the Son of God. The Son that was given. The baby born in a manger. And I want to remind you this morning that God gave you purpose. 
And that's not a generic term. God literally orchestrated your life with purpose, with gifting, with calling, with destiny. And he has placed vision in you. And every demonic force on this earth works to unseat Jesus as your peace to get your eyes on something else so that you can look for a counterfeit peace in someone or something else. Don't get me wrong. Winning the lottery would be pretty peaceful for me. I don't play, but if I did and I won, man, I would be peaceful. I would be very peaceful. How many of you would be peaceful? Like, yeah, I'd be peaceful. Praise to the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But in our uncertainties, and honestly, the state of our world right now, the vitriol, the violence, the anger, the rage, the twisting of truth, the confusion, the madness, the outright lies, we've got to know where our anchor is. When everybody else is going crazy, we've got to know we have peace. When everything else is getting twisted and turned around, we've got to know what truth is. We've got to find truth. Not our truth, but the truth, his truth, who he is. I wanted to remind you this morning that peace is not going to come when everything is perfect. Peace has already come. And you can keep turning around. You can keep looking for it somewhere else or in something else. You can keep making shifts. You can keep making changes. But it's right here in front of us. It's in his presence. It's in who he is, the fullness of who he is. You ever ask yourself, I've done this before, by the way. You ever ask yourself, how much time have I wasted looking for life, wanting life, wishing for life to be a certain way, only to be disappointed only to be frustrated, only to circle right back around to maybe even cursing yourself. This is always my situation. This is always my story. This is, a, this is always the way it goes for me. Things don't ever turn out. And you just, you fill yourself with this negativity. You fill yourself with this frustration. And then you camp out there. And then the next time all hell breaks loose, you, you come from that camp and jump right back into that same declaration about your life. You know, Jesus came in the middle of political, racial, social, economic tension and turmoil amongst people. And he spent two years with his disciples before he released them, and he only had three years total with them. And some of us have been walking with God far longer than that, nine years 15 years, 30 years, 40 years. I want to remind you that you've had more time with Jesus, more time to know about Jesus, more time to be able to be in his presence, to learn about him, to be able to be sent with power into the world to do what God has called you to do. And unfavorable circumstances are a pathway for us to find peace. See, when everything's great, we're not really thinking about peace because everything's peaceful. 
like when you see the backyard, like, do I need to mow it? Ah, I'll do it in a couple of weeks. And then it rains for the first time ever. And then you look again, and it's a jungle out there. You weren't really concerned because it was peaceful. Everything's good. But then the rains came. They caused the chaos to grow. This is what life will do. It's a, you, you're fine. You're doing great. Things are good. Things are, are, are situated. People are good. Family's good. Life's good. I'm feeling good. Things are okay. And, and, and really what, what we're doing is we're saying that, that peace is dependent upon other things and other people. And every day we can be reminded that Jesus is our anchor. He is the anchor for this marriage. He's the anchor for these kids. He's the anchor for my life. He's the anchor for my future. I'm not going to look to someone else. I'm not going to look to something else. God has everything I need. Look what he said. Peace I leave with you. Not He didn't say peace I'm going to leave and I'm going to take away. He says peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He's not saying here that I'm going to give you something that the world also has. He's saying the world does not have this and the world cannot give this. So what I'm giving you, I give to you freely. So don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he's saying chaos and fear can be put in their proper place because of the peace I've given you. Come on, that's a promise we can hold on to this morning. That's a promise we can embrace. That's a promise that's true. So when we say he's the Prince of Peace, we're actually declaring over our lives that the peace that Jesus has left with us, the peace that he came to bring, the peace that came when he was born, the peace that he leaves with us, the peace that the world can't give, the peace that the world does not have, is the peace that we can walk in daily. Why don't you ask yourself a question, identify for yourself. What's, what's the pattern you've developed when it comes to experiencing and knowing peace? Is it a place that you get to? In other words, it's somewhere someday. You'll talk to people. You'll ask them, hey, how's it going? Well, you know, just, uh, you know, there's things going on. Yeah, but how are you, man? Like, really? I mean, how are you doing? Well, you know, just... Uh, and I get that. But have you noticed, like, the older you get and the bigger your life expands and becomes, the more problems keep showing up, the more challenges, the more uncertainties? So we got one or two options. Go hide in a cave, avoid everyone and everything, or learn how to walk in chaotic situations filled with the peace of God. Get up every day filled with the peace of God. Take on the battle filled with the peace of God. Take on the uncertainty with the peace of God. Take on the attack with the peace of God. Take on the hurt with the peace of God. So is it a place you get to? What about this? Is it a process that you feel you must walk through? In other words, there's circumstances. Well, I'll be okay when A, B, and C is sorted out. But until then... I'm going to be filled with frustration. I'm going to be filled with chaos. What about a position you must find yourself in? In other words, a state or being. When this is sorted, then I'll be good. But the more you add to your life, and the more you open your heart, and the more you risk, and the more you trust, the more you're vulnerable, the more opportunity for, there is for your peace to be tested. So is it, is it somewhere, a place? Is it a process, circumstances? Is it, is it a position, a state, or being? Or is it a person 
Jesus. It's my one and only point this morning. We experience his peace when we make him our refuge that we run to. That's how we experience his peace. Sometimes it feels like training wheels. You just need the training wheels on this week and then you take them off and the next two weeks you're running, you're running great and then you find yourself you crashing the bike and you're not confident to get back up on the bike and so you got to put the training wheels back on and you got to learn how to run again with peace and then you get some speed then you get some rhythm you get some coordination and you find yourself developing your own rhythm and you recognize when people are trying to disturb the peace that God has permanently placed. You see when people are trying to unseat you from the place of peace, when they're trying to destabilize you from the peace. Can I just say something to married couples for a second? You have to say yes, you don't have a choice. You should be one another's best advocates for each other's peace. The best advocate that your spouse is at peace. What can I do to make sure you're at peace? Come on, if we're truly the servant of the heart of Jesus, we're going to serve that out. My best advocacy is for her being at peace and me being at peace through her efforts. Working together in coordination. You hear that, honey? Work for my peace, all right? You hear what I'm saying this morning? Because we're waiting for the other person. God's waiting on you. Will you be, will you do what God has made you, what he's given you? What will you do with it? Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge. Come on, somebody. God is our refuge. And he's our strength. A very present help in trouble. Very present help in trouble. You know, there's been patterns in my life where I have to identify where I run to when I get into trouble. Where do you run to when you get into trouble? Isolation, bitterness, mistrust, anger, withdrawal. Come on, these are all symptoms of something deeper going on in our life. Is it stuff? Is it entertainment? Is it spending? Is it drugs? Is it things you don't want to talk about and you don't want anybody to know? Come on, we have to look at our lives and say, hang on a second, am I running to the God who loves me unconditionally? This is the beauty of Jesus, right? And this is the beauty of grace. On my best day, God loves me. But guess what? On my worst day, God loves me just as much. And if I had a hundred great days, God doesn't love me more than he does on my worst day. He's not basing his love on performance. That should give us peace. That should settle us. He's our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Where do you go when you're in trouble? As we close today, I wanted us to be reminded about favorable conditions like C.S. Lewis talks about. Not being the thing we're looking for before we settle into what Jesus has freely given us. I really feel just by the Spirit, I need to encourage someone today you need to quit looking at your phone. You need to quit looking in the mirror at yourself. You need to quit looking at your, your, your track record. You need to quit looking at you and stuff. And you need to look at what Jesus says he's already given you. 
What's going to settle you is not, not something or someone else. What's going to settle you is the unconditional love of God. It's much easier to forgive when you know you've been forgiven. When we're honest with ourselves about how much we've been forgiven and what God didn't expose and what God blessed us with and how God saved us, how God protected us, even in unfavorable times with our own lives, it causes us to respond with a gratitude. I want to pray for your peace this morning. If I could ask you to bow your head for a second. Is Jesus the anchor in this season? Come on, with everything pulling on you, everything challenging you, pushing you, some things working to confuse you, some things working to disturb what God has already given. It's not about favorable conditions. It's not about a perfect life, perfect situation. Then things will be good. It's about knowing the God of peace. Some of you are in chaos right now. Some of you are in torment. And there's a breaking point that comes at that place. And in that breaking, a bridge is built to God and peace comes and peace is known. Peace is experienced. Peace is understood. Peace is felt. Or a counterfeit comes. Someone or something else is not the answer for what you're walking through. Grace is this. When you didn't deserve it, God did it. That's grace. And in that comes peace. In that you can rest. In that you don't have to control. In that you don't have to force your hand. In that you don't have to orchestrate to work everything out in your favor. Because God is working on your behalf already. See, there is a supernatural answer to everything I'm talking about today. No matter how much in the natural we're trying to make sense of it with our limited intellect, limited understanding and knowledge, there's a supernatural thing God does prophetically from Isaiah onwards, prophecies, from faith being established in Abraham all through the lineage, from David to Rahab, to a baby being born in a manger. David, a king who was anointed, yet still sinned greatly. Rahab, a prostitute. People in the lineage of Jesus that by our standards would, we would disqualify. Yet God says, in them comes the Savior. In them comes the line of grace for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace. And today, I would love to settle in your heart once and for all that peace is not going to be found in someone or something else. I would love for you to go into 2024 with a sense and a knowing that there's a grace that came and a grace that can stay and a 
peace that doesn't have to leave. The Bible says that there's a peace that passes all understanding. And you know what? I watched that peace guard people through death, through destruction, through loss, through adversity. I watched that peace anchor people. And I wanted to anchor you this morning or re-anchor you. Everyone keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed for just a second. If I could just ask, do you need the peace of God this morning? Just in your own, your own being in this season right now. If you need that, would you just lift your hand? You just need the peace of God. What you're dealing with, what you're walking through. Amen. Come on. We can ask our good God for his peace. So I'm going to pray for that, but I'm also going to say this for those who need the peace of God. Peace of God comes when you have peace with God. And if you don't have peace with God, don't walk out of here with a counterfeit. Don't walk out of here with another, another day, another favorable circumstance will come. You can settle that today. There's beauty in laying things down at the foot of the cross because at the foot of the cross, God's glory is present. A sacrifice was made for you, for me. A resurrection took place. A baby was born to die so that you could live. And in his name, the Prince of Peace, he gives you strength to walk to live. Lord Jesus, I pray today that your resurrection power would fill this place. Lord, that your glory would fill this place, that your spirit would touch lives right now. Holy Spirit, that you would comfort and strengthen people in unfavorable circumstances and situations. I pray that you would settle people Lord, that you would bring completely in front of them an understanding of the grace that's been shown for their life. Bring it to them, God. Let them see it. I pray for peace for those who are tormented, those who are in turmoil right now, those who are facing adversity. I pray for peace in families. I pray for peace in marriage. I pray for peace in manhood and womanhood. I pray for peace in relationships, in work situations, in financial situations. I pray for peace mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord God, would you establish your people as strong and give them the peace that passes understanding. Fill them by your spirit, Lord God. Grace them even more with peace as they walk out of here today. Lord God, give them a discernment to know when something or someone is trying to rob the peace that you've freely given them. Lord, we worship your name this morning. If I could just have your attention just one more moment. Just when I talk about peace with God, peace with God comes through the forgiveness of sin. It comes through what? Bible calls salvation. God's heart is that people would be saved. Not that people would be successful, not that people would be popular, not that people would be famous, not that people would be important, not all the things that we reach for in life about what we want for our life. 
God's heart is that his people would be saved. He gives an invitation. He said there's a narrow way to find him. He said there's a wide gate to destruction, but there's a narrow way. And the narrow way, he said, there are few who find it. In other words, there's a lot of people in church, but there's few who found salvation. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians, but there's few who actually find the narrow way to Jesus. Now, I don't want to be an actor in church. I don't want to have the label Christian, but not even really know that his grace is for me. And today you can know his grace is for you. Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. You know, your lostness is not a surprise to God, no matter where it is, no matter what it is in your life. That lostness is not lost on God. He came to seek and he came to save you. And this morning, if you don't know him in that way where he, he opens an invitation for us, you and I, to come into his kingdom. That's what he says. He welcomes us into his kingdom. It's not some random club. It's not some random religion. It's not some random place we check in and out of. It's his kingdom that is different than this kingdom here on earth. It's so vast, it's so great, it's so broad. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I would have told you so. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. He's made room for you, Fred. If you don't have peace with God today, I'm praying that we could settle that today. That you'd receive the saving grace of God. That you'd walk out of here with peace. Peace like you've never known. If I could just ask you one more time to bow your head. Do you need peace with God? Do you need the saving grace of God in your life? To turn your life over to a God who loves you, a God who cares, a Prince of Peace who was born to save you. If that's you, would you lift your hand so I can pray with you, friend? Thank you. 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 You need peace with God. This is not a feeling. This is God's power. The kingdom, of love, uh, the kingdom of God is great love and it's great power. It's both. It's God's great love for you and his great power to help you change, to help you grow. Church, would you say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive your forgiveness. I recognize my sin, the direction I've gone. I ask for your grace. And I ask for your peace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in the way of truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, church, let's give those hands. Peace with God. Peace with God. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.